Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here once again by John McMahon from the JMac podcast. We're here, obviously, to review all the weekend's action in Gaelic football across the four different national football leagues, obviously, that took place at the weekend. Um, I suppose, John, there was a whole heap of action, really, across the entire country. I mean, from Division 1, 2, 3, 4. I mean, there was so much going on. How did you manage with, with all the games? I mean, there was just so much going on altogether. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron, for having me on the show again. It's 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 a privilege as always. Um, uh, it's 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 absolutely fantastic to have it back. To be honest, Aaron, and like like yeah, herself was laughing at me there. Or I was saying to my mate, "Oh, Jesus, great to have it back." You can kind of weekends around it. You can have a couple of beers. You can do this, and she was laughing. But it's the absolute truth, Aaron. I am like a kid at Christmas every weekend coming up now, and it's brilliant. Um, and obviously herself getting the win. Great to get back on the horse and. Just delighted to have it back, Aaron. Because like as a kid, like I've said this to you numerous times, there's only so much soccer you can watch. And to be honest with you, I was nearly happy to see the back of the Premier League yesterday, and that's it done for another season and bye bye. So I don't know. Like it was, it was great. The Dublin game was fantastic. Just the quality, the standard of football, and everything at the minute. The league has had a fantastic start, and just it's been brilliant. Just brilliant, brilliant to have it back. Hundred percent, yeah. Like, and in total, like we've seen forty-three goals this weekend. And I didn't have a look back or anything, but I don't know if there's been a weekend where we've seen more goals in the National Football League. And I don't know if it's down to the new rules, maybe that have come in, and the fact there's more penalties and and everything else. But I mean, there was just so much action, so many goals, like all across the the four different divisions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose if, if it continue like that, it'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, it it makes you maybe it makes you think nearly is there much kind of defending going on or is there more kind of uh, mm. forward um, coaching being played and uh, using utilizing the forwards and the magic forwards we have around the country. But so many goals, uh, loads of goals. Conor McCarty a hat trick from on at the weekend. Obviously, Cormac Costello producing the goals. Conor Callaghan and you know just brilliant, brilliant to see. It just goes to show county teams are willing to take risks this year so far and. It's, it's brilliant and she's uh, long may continue, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose we'll, we'll start by looking, obviously, at that Kerry and Dublin game, obviously, in Division 1 South. Um, Kerry, obviously, 4-9, or Dublin 4-9, Kerry 1-18. There were so many goals, uh, I'm nearly losing my train of thought. But what were your thoughts on the game? Anyway, it was definitely probably a, a contender for uh, for game of the year, anyways, so far. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, I was watching it. A group of people and they couldn't really believe their eyes. It was so exciting at the end, um, goals galore, and you you really did not know what way that game was going to go. An absolutely brilliant advertisement for football. Dublin were put to the pin of the collars. Um, obviously another great performance by Lyson Khan and uh, Cormac Costello, and uh, it was it was just great to see such an attacking, nice brand of football. You know, none of this defensive stuff. Two natural football and teams going at it. It was just brilliant to see. You know, from a Kerry perspective, obviously David David Clifford came up with the goods in the second half, obviously with the, the penalty at the end. I suppose maybe the discipline on both teams wasn't fantastic. I think Philly McMahon giving away the penalty at the end, you know, for the, I suppose, the experience that man has for him to do that. I suppose, obviously, it looked like a goal was on. I suppose he had no other option. But, you know, a little bit like that, probably Dublin should um, be concerned about. John Small going off injured as well. Uh, that's probably a big concern for... Uh, Desi, um, when he comes back from his uh, son holidays, me and you were looking <laughs> up there. But uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, lots to talk about, and uh, it was just a fantastic, fantastic game. You're probably looking at the two 
teams that will be competing for the All-Ireland this year. Kerry look like they've got their house in order. Um, and just a great advertisement for Gaelic football. And it, had, it just had everything, Aaron. It was, just, it was super. Yeah, and I suppose, because even in the in the second half as well, like it was interesting, I suppose, to see that. I suppose in the first half, obviously, Kerry were definitely kind of playing that more. They seemed to go into that defensive shell that I suppose they received a lot of criticism for. And we kind of seen that at the start of the second half. And then they really just pushed up and really kind of caused loads of problems for Dublin. Like, were you surprised to see Dublin, I suppose, you know, have some of those issues that they had because they only scored one, two in that, um, in, in the entirety of that second half. And normally that's usually the time where Dublin pull away and use their experience. So uh, what do you reckon yourself? Yeah, like in fairness, there's a lot being said about this Kerry defence. I think they've done pretty good yesterday. Um, Kerry, Dublin's, yeah, Dublin's, um, what was it, one, two, one, three in the second half just was mm. not like them at all. And it was very weird. Um, and it's not like for a want to try and it wasn't for a lack of force that they have. It's nearly they're off the mindset that nearly didn't need to kind of push on and try win the game and look what happened. It kind of cost them. And and it, another interesting as well, and I noticed there yesterday, Dublin seemed to be using the high ball in. Um, I see Niles yeah. fully pumping high ball calls in as well. So obviously if Desi, if that's a new tactic Dublin are going with, it's working for them because my God, there's the forwards to do it. And uh, they'll be probably doing that this year. Niles Scully had a great game again yesterday. I think he was a man of the match. He was probably my man of the match, to be fair. He got on so much ball. And it's, it's mad. I think a lot of people are still only starting to notice his actual influence on the Dublin team this year and for the year gone in as well. So, yeah, good, a good, good game. I think Dublin really probably should have pushed, pushed on in the second half. It wasn't like them. Um, it's there like someone said at half time, right, lads, get us a draw so we can keep our fans and everyone entertained for the rest of the year. So, but um, yeah, no, look at Dublin, probably a lot to probably work on. And it's, it's nearly funny to be saying that there's a few wee things that probably do need to sort out, maybe defensively, but they're absolutely fine going up front at the minute. But then you look at it too. Kerry were very slack at the back, maybe for that Conor Callan goal. Like Scully, like it was nearly like something you'd see in a junior B game. The ball was pumped in. Okay, Callan got it, turned his man, and literally just put it in the back of the net. Just he probably couldn't believe his luck. Some of the goals, you know, Kerry probably a lot, still have a lot, a lot to do uh, defensively, a lot to work on. But uh, just a lovely open game of football, and uh, it was great, Aaron. Really, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely think there's still a, a few defensive issues, definitely in that in that Kerry camp, and you could definitely see it in the first half, all right, because there was one stage even where it looked like Dublin could even score maybe four or five goals. And like I know for myself, coming coming out of a Dublin fan, like coming out as a Dublin fan, I'm kind of thinking, how on earth did we not win that game? Because it looked we looked certain to win it at, at different points in that game, and in the end, I suppose the the late Clifford penalty, I suppose to to make it a draw. Yeah, definitely. And you, you did have opportunities to kind of finish off the game. But you, maybe when you look at it, like the likes of Brian Fenton was weirdly quiet yesterday. And yeah, he, play, he played one or, two, one or two straight passes, yeah. Yeah, he, he one or two straight passes. And maybe it was just kind of quiet compared to days gone by. Um, and obviously, okay, we've a long year ahead of us as well. So he, he'll definitely kind of book up his act. There's no doubt he will. But yeah, no, Dublin definitely could have finished off the game. But then when you kind of think about it, did Kerry want it that bit more than Dublin stages? Kerry's drive was very mm. good. The went at your back line, you've seen halfbacks getting up the pitch, scoring points, and Paul Murphy got a point later on as well. And, you know, the desire from Kerry was very, very good at the end. And it just really threw the kitchen sink at you. Um, and clearly Dublin are so comfortable in games and they think they'll just win all well, to win the majority of the games. But it, it gets there, their stage that they think, right, 
do we actually need to put in that effort sometimes because we think we have to game one and they're so far ahead. But Kerry, just at the end, I think wanted it that bit more. They got the penalty at the end. Clifford took it away. And just got the, they got the draw out of it. But definitely Dublin had opportunities to finish off that game. Kicked a couple of wides as well. I think Kenny Cook kicked a few wides too. So, yeah, like you wouldn't like, like I was listening to Anthony Moyles there and off the ball there this morning and you nearly laugh, but Dublin... You have a bit to work on, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, who would have thought it? We're actually, the dubs are actually human. You know, they're not, they're not just <laughs> machines and they're not just robots. Like, we actually, we do have mistakes and we do have errors. And I remember even saying that last year. Like, there is, there is holes there. And I feel like it's maybe it's more Dublin men that, uh, that are, that because obviously you had Kieran Whelan on your podcast and he was kind of saying that as well. Like, I suppose at the end of the day, there is holes there and there is some weaknesses in that Dublin team. There is, there is, there is. Of course, there is. But it's like anything else. They're that much of a professional setup. They'll work on these. They'll work on these wee errors they had at the weekend. They will be so intent on righting any wrong uh, this week, and they'll just brush up on anything they might have had mistakes in. So, you know, we're we're seeing this now on a Monday evening. You come the weekend now, and Dublin will be just blow, blow, blow it out of the water this weekend. It'd be unbelievable. But. There's probably a few couple of things you could probably look at. The likes of small, that's a hamstring. You're talking six to eight weeks, probably out potentially for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, even things like that. But it's just kind of, it, it's a funny thing because like, obviously the forwards did do so well and the moved so well. But, you know, at the grand scheme of things, as I said at the start a couple of, a couple of seconds ago, Dublin will brush up on any mistakes that they made at the weekend. And uh, look, they probably will have Galway's number this weekend, you know. Yeah, and I suppose looking at Galway, obviously they beat Roscommon two sixteen to to one thirteen. I suppose a lot of uh, critic criticism, obviously at Galway at the moment, obviously after that defeat to to Kerry. But I suppose a, a strong way to bounce back with a win over over their uh, Connacht rivals. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. I caught glimpses of it there in the Sunday game yesterday, and he parked Joyce to be very happy. Jeez, I like the fellas like Kevin McGarty and a lot of kind of strong criticism on Park Joyce in the last couple of weeks. And I think he bought or you know, he bit back very well at the weekend, a very uh, tight game, high scoring again, what we want to see from a Galway team. But uh, I I don't know, did you hear this? I think did Shane Walls pick up an injury as well? I think as well. So uh, he he might he might be out for a couple of weeks as well. So that could be a huge loss for Galway. But a great, great uh, game against Galway, or sorry, against Wisconsin. They're, they're probably delighted to be back in the horse because that Galway team have gone through a lot of criticism in recent weeks. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what way they shape up against the Dubs this weekend because obviously big pressure on, sorry, maybe get over the line, but obviously big pressure on Dublin to probably win it too. But it's it was a great win for them. And I think Wisconsin's in trouble now. Um, and obviously Stevie Poach's first year, we've I've alluded to him in podcasts, so he'll not be happy with where Gaul or Roscommon are at. So, you know, a bit of a relegation playoff really is what they're looking at now. And uh, so they went back, they went up uh, last year and it looked, it's looked like you'll be going back down again and Aaron, but it looks things now. Yeah, definitely an interesting one. Like uh, I suppose with the Shane Walsh injury, I definitely, I haven't heard anything myself, but I suppose, yeah, he, there definitely could be something there. And I suppose if he is injured, that, you know, that could definitely be a, a big worry for Galway. I suppose, like, obviously they brought in, they brought Tom O'Callaghan off the bench, like he scored a late goal and a few of the other young lads, I suppose. With Galway, it kind of looks more like they're in a bit of transition maybe at the moment, just kind of bringing through some of those lads from the, the under-20 team last year. Like, that, I suppose definitely a, a, lot, a lot of potential in that Galway team anyways. Oh, yeah, like 100%. And, like, look, Port Joyce isn't, 
He's a smooth, smooth operator and he obviously sees a big project up there in Galway and rightly so. We've seen them in the under-20 final against uh, Dublin um, in the All-Ireland last year and there's serious, serious, serious potential and you're probably looking at a few of the current Finboys to probably try and nip in again but it's probably just, there is that bit of added pressure on the likes of Walsh, Comer to deliver, deliver the goods for Galway but there is plenty of other players for Galway but a few boys stepped away, the likes of Ian Burke and various players like that. No, Galway have always had good nippy forwards but it's probably keeping them lads on board and they probably do have a lot of kind of overturning players. Like you, you always hear of Galway lads quitting and stepping away from panels, but it seems to be a project with Park Joyce. He's, as you say, he's adding in young lads and kind of get something going up there. So I can't, I can see Park Joyce getting a couple of years out of that Galway gig. I can't like, he obviously like he's, he's a Galway legend, but I can see him getting a couple of years because due to the fact that he's, you know, he's bringing in young lads, he's building a system up there and it probably will take time. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, geez, this, that, and the other big goal with the minute. But I feel it's a, it's a couple of years project of Park Joyce is working up there. And uh, it'll be, it, it, it's an exciting one to watch because Galway were always, always a great team to watch. Yeah. And I suppose moving across to Division 1 North, we Donegal 120, Monaghan 411. Um, very entertaining game, I suppose. Connor McCarthy with three goals inside 20 minutes. I mean, I mean, like, obviously we were saying the Dublin-Kerry game was a contender maybe for, for game of the year. I suppose this one definitely not far behind either. Serious game of ball. Absolutely serious game of ball. And you couldn't call it throughout. Um, I think I was watching a clip of Jeremy Connolly saying, Monaghan, we're going to win. And I nearly laughed because I, I would have put the house on Donegal to win it um, the weekend gone in. It's a very interesting narrative in terms of Michael Murphy. Um, when he's not about where did Donegal go towards because... Paddy McGrady is a great player, but is he the man that will lead the charge when Mr. Murphy's injured or when he's not about? So, um, more McGrady can sometimes blow hot and cold, and it was very like I think the main thing was when uh, Michael Murphy went off injured at the weekend. Everyone probably said to himself, "Right, now let's see how good Donegal are," and it just didn't look like they had their house in order. It goes to show how much of a leader he is, and I think I said this summer before. It will be very interesting to see when he does pack his bags who the replacement will be. I know Michael Lankett scored an outrageous goal at the weekend, but it's you know it will be interesting to see. Follow that. Monaghan brought on Conor Quance in the second half. I think he got a goal and a point, but he was taken like it's like anything else. Monaghan don't seem to be able to finish games off. They had that game on Saturday. They brought on McManus to probably win it off, win it for them or just make it comfortable for them. He took a lot of rash shots, kicked a couple of wides. They will be kicking themselves, and you know it's a good it's a good draw against the Donegal team. But at the end of the day, when Michael Murphy went off, I don't think they really cashed in on that. And um, McCarthy was pretty quite fantastic. Well done to him getting the hat, but I think he just went quiet in the second half. And uh, yeah, I think Monaghan will just be disappointed because just can't seem to see games out. Just like the game against us um, last October, they, they had that game, and uh, look what happened. Yeah, and I suppose like for, for Donegal, I mean, you wouldn't normally associate Donegal with having defensive issues. Like they, they only conceded two goals in the entirety of the Ulster Championship last year. But obviously, I suppose with Michael Murphy going off, I know obviously he plays, you know, as a forward, but I suppose it, 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 there definitely seemed to be a lot of disorganisation there. And I suppose you have Neil McGee, who's obviously 35 years of age, and you are looking at that Donegal defence and you're kind of thinking, maybe do they need to freshen it up, I suppose? Ah, they probably do. They probably do. And like, look, I think him McGee pulled away from the county final a couple of years ago, and Neil's still hanging about there. 
you know, fair play to him, but is it just time for new blood? And a lot of the Donegal stalwarts kind of have packed their bags in recent years. And it's an interesting one. It seems, seems to be similar up with Kerry, obviously, uh, with being very loose at the back. But it will be interesting to see what Donegal maybe can do for the future to blood new lads in, because there doesn't seem to be a problem in the midfield and forward department. But go at the back, Donegal probably are a bit faulty. So, you know, you have, you have Murphy when he is playing. He's got back, he's in midfield, and like he's going up front. So, He'll be a massive ball. He's a couple of years to go, but if he's injured now with the hamstring, that'll be interesting for this weekend as well. So, yeah, probably a lot for uh, Declan Bonner to be thinking about this weekend and, you know, cup for the years ahead as well because likes Neil McGee, like, he's, he's hanging on in there. And if, again, if Neil McGee was to pack the bags, uh, Tony Cole would be fairly loose at the back. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I suppose moving on from that, you've Armagh and Tyrone. Obviously, uh, Armagh 210, Tyrone 215. I suppose there was definitely an opportunity there for, for Armagh to win this game. Like that Stephen Campbell missed penalty. I think they would have went four yeah. points up if he had a score that. And then Tyrone just showed their experience, I suppose, to, to come back and win it. In the end, a good win for Tyrone, but definitely a, a missed opportunity for Armagh. It was, it was, it was. And, you know, McGinney and Donahue probably would just be overly happy with that as well. And, you know, I think Brian Dewar and Fergal Logan definitely needed that force loose win. But Armad did have chances, but it just goes to show that bit of class with the throwing forwards, one of them. Um, and, um, what is his name? Darren McCurry was absolutely brilliant, got a man of the match. And Petey Hart scored a worldly of a goal. So, old dogs for the hard road. Um, as you say, that bit of class from Tyrone, it'll be good to see well, maybe <laughs> we're blending the champions so hopefully the whole fire, but uh, maybe for the league games for the remainder, we'll see the good forwards for uh, Tyrone coming, coming through, and rightly so. Um, one thing I, I think Kyle Coney was saying to me a couple of weeks ago, we'll be seeing a lot more kick pass from Tyrone. We've seen that at the weekend, more loose of play, more better football, none of this defensive nonsense. Um, yeah, points drop for Armagh. Um, a lot of people going on about the O'Neill brothers, the games at the weekend, and the penalty miss as well. You can't be doing that against Throne. They'll eat you up and swallow you. So, yeah, like a lot a lot for probably Geezer and uh, Mr. Donahue to work on. And uh, there seems to be big expectation up in the Orange County for the uh, Ulster Titan this year to even get to a final. So, big, big stuff. It was a, probably an opportunity lost, but just that bit of class by Throne, uh, the cuteness, and just good, solid, good, solid uh, four play, won the game for them. And, uh, Darren McCurry, if he gets more game time and keeps himself fit, he will be a serious asset to uh, Tyrone this year. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose for Armagh, like, uh, I don't know, like especially in that second half, they just seem to to really retract into more of a defensive shell and try and like defend what they got. Like It seemed like Rian O'Neill was more isolated in the in the full forward line and they just they seemed to run out of ideas, I felt, in, in many ways. But I think for Tyrone, like definitely... If they can get those forwards firing and potentially bring, you know, Colin McShane back in, you know, who knows? Like it could, we could end up with a situation where maybe Tyrone play a Dublin in a league semi final. So that would definitely be a, an interesting one. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Like I think I've alluded to this a couple of times. If Tyrone can get this kind of forward line, the likes of McShane, Conor McKenna, Darren McCurry, uh, Peter Connor's son, Darren, uh, Darren Cavan, Canavan, there, there is serious, serious threat going going up front, and something that should definitely be. Um, probably fear from other counties, but yeah, there's so much talent up in Tyrone and so many good forwards. Like, and you know, I was talking to Kyle as I said a couple of weeks ago, and geez, he could even still be about there if he, you know, if he did commit for another year or two. But yeah, definitely. And you know, it's it's it, I suppose we're just looking at teams who could challenge the dubs. Tyrone have tried over the years, just didn't work out for them the last couple of times, but. 
they definitely seem like they have the ammo this time. Um, lots of quality there. As I said, there's more kick passing being involved. None of this defensive stuff. So, as you said, if you can get the likes of McShane, you know, Conor McKenna back, flying, Tyrone could be a serious, serious asset this year, Aaron. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose moving on to Division 2, we'll run through some of the games there. I suppose Division 2 South, I mean, there was a huge win for, for Clare over Kildare, 113 to 13 points. I mean, Clare definitely causing a, you know, a lot of scalps already this year, obviously. Well, I suppose Leash probably not the biggest scalp, but beating Kildare, two wins from two, and, and, they, and they're set now for a, a promotion playoff. Yeah, yeah, serious, serious uh, win for them. And Colin, Collins can really give, you know, pat himself in the back because he's doing a tremendous job up there. And fair play to him. He has the Clare lads absolutely flying. Big scalp. Big disappointment for Mr. Jack O'Connor and Kildare. Big expectations up there. Is it a project he's working on? Is the players around for him this year? It's hard to know, but a massive, massive win for Clare. You know, a promotion playoff, that's huge. That would be absolutely huge for uh, Clare football. And it's probably come out of nowhere. And um, real hat tip to Colin Collins. He's doing absolutely brilliant work up there and uh, a massive win. But just when you probably look from Kildare's perspective, if they want to be uh, maybe competing in Leicester finals, Getting the latter stages of all Ireland, they shouldn't really be bet be get being um, bet by Clare because at the end of the day, if you want to be competing at the top table, they're the kind of games you have to be winning, Aaron. You know. Yeah, it, it seems like with Kildare, they always seem to have one of these results in them. Like they can they can go and beat a Cork and then lose to a Clare, just like in 2018 they lost to Carlow and then went and beat Mayo in the qualifiers. Like I don't know what it is with them whether it's a mentality thing within the team at different times, but certainly a lot for Jack O'Connor to work on because the potential is there. Like you've seen it with Jimmy Hyland and Derek Kirwan and even Neil Flynn at wingback who's very talented, but just at the moment anyways, like they just, they just seem to have this kind of mishap in them every now and again. Odd to do they like, and it's, it's, it's probably sustaining a lot of these players as well. Like, and can it, you see a lot of lads kind of drifting away? I don't know if Daniel Flynn's part of things at the minute. Like, he's an absolute baller for Kildare. So, it's just probably kind of, as you say, you're after representing uh, Highland and, you know, a couple of them lads as well. Like, they're great, great players, but it could just be a belief thing with Kildare. It could just be, you know, I think it's a hard thing. I don't know, Lucky. It's, it's hard to read kind of players' mindsets, but it's a hard thing to probably... If you want to be getting Leinster finals, Leinster semi-finals, it's probably hard from Gildare's point of view because at the end of the day, Dublin's dominance in Leinster. So, you know, you're setting out for another year. You're competing in the league. You have a couple of near misses. You have a couple of wins. You come on to Leinster. You play the likes of Leash. You might beat Leash. You come up against the Dubs. Dubs hammer, hammer your bye bye, you know, 16 or 70 points season over. So, you know, it, it's a hard sort of, probably for another day's conversation, but it's, it's a hard way to kind of get your mentality switched because... It's so disheartening when Dubs do just hammer you in Crow Park. It's a woeful feeling. A lot of county teams have kind of experienced over the years and just doesn't do the conference any good. So probably a lot of the Kildare boys weighed, that things, weighed, weighed a lot of things up over the years. Like we've seen retirements like uh, Leper Callahan and Emma Bolton kind of stepping away in recent years. They probably had a couple of years to go and they just said that Lens was just too hard to compete in. They're not really going anywhere with it. So it's probably a belief thing in Kildare. Um, and Jack probably does have a big job at his hands at the end of the day and you know yeah 100% and I suppose for Cork like they obviously needed to bounce back obviously after losing to Kildare and obviously they they beat Leash of course 212 to to 10 points I suppose uh, a good response from from Cork after uh, last weekend anyways sorry Aaron I was just going to call there what, what was the question no but it was just uh, it was in relation to the Cork win over Leash so Cork obviously 212 Leash 
10 points. Obviously, Cork responding, obviously, to, to last week's defeat over Kildare. So what did you make of uh, of that victory? Yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, it's, it's a serious win for Cork footballers, and like, there's probably a lot of pressure and a lot of talk about this um, kind of sponsor coming in from Sports Direct, and it's you know it's, it's a it's a football my county, it's population. So look, it's a like I was saying to Daniel Cruzney during the week, they need to really cash in when the sun is shining and really kind of rubber stamp themselves into Division One football population. Everything goes with Cork football over the years. That's a standard win at the weekend. They need to build on it. I think me and you. You know, talked numerous times about um, Cork football. They really need to kind of drive home these wins, have big long runs in the Munster Championship, big long runs in the All Ireland. Because at the end of the day, massive population, lots of money coming in. You know, there should they really should be um, they really should be working hard and trying to get to that next level. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I suppose bringing Luke Connolly back into the team as well, Kieran Sheehan. Like, I think maybe some experience is probably needed for the for the team with some of the the players that they brought in. I suppose from a leash point of view, I suppose it's very hard to see how they avoid relegation. Like, even looking at Division uh, Division Two North, which we'll get onto in a moment. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to to stay in Division Two. Ah, oh, yeah. Look, it, it will, it will, and I suppose it's 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 all about progression. I suppose um, just in in league campaign to kind of stay up, and you know, I, I think um, I think for the development of the county, you do need to probably complete be competing in Division Two and Three. But at the end of the day, you have the likes of ourselves, Derry, Fermanagh in in Division Three. So look, as long as you don't slump down to Division Four, it's not all panic stations. Division Three football is competitive. At the end of the day, Leash probably are a Division Three team, really, because when you're looking like you're you're looking at Division Two there, you you like some Mayo, you've down various teams like that. So Division Three is not the worst, and you know you can build blocks in us. We need to kind of build build blocks in ourselves to kind of get back up again. So it's not the end of the world. And at the end of the day, I think Mike Quirk probably would be happy with result in Division Three because Division Two is a difficult place to be in as well, Aaron. You know. Yeah, hundred percent, and. I suppose, obviously, Division Two North. I mean, there was definitely some um, some interesting games there. I suppose Mayo getting a, a three point win over Westmead, two twelve to twenty one points. Um, I suppose it was it was a tight game. I watched it myself. There was definitely an opportunity there for Westmead. I thought at one stage they yeah. were going to pull off a shock, but I suppose Mayo's experience in the end was just the the big difference. Yeah, your relations that's there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should have got them on the pitch. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I'm, I, a very, very tight game on Saturday. Not one probably everyone expected. Fair play to the Westmead Bucklers. There's obviously serious work being done up there and they're getting there. They're building something and it's great to see. Mayo really, at the big intentions this year, they really should have been winning that game by six or seven points. It didn't turn out like that. Um, and they probably should have coasted home to victory and fair play to Westmead because like, it was just an exciting game to start off the weekend. You know, James Horn's probably happy enough to kind of just get over the line. But at the end of the day, if Mayo, as I said, if the intentions of winning the Connacht titles, all Ireland titles this year, Aaron, you know, they need to be beating uh, Westmead by more points than that. And uh, it shouldn't have really been tight as it, is, tight as it was. But fair play to Westmead and they can take great credit from that, you know. Yeah, 100%. Like, they definitely defended very well. And I know, like, defensive systems get a lot of criticism sometimes. But I think, you know, if you can find ways to win those kind of games, and I know they didn't, but, you know, if they had a beaten Meade, if they had a seen that game out, and then if they had a seen, May- seen Mayo out, I mean, that, that would have been two huge scalps. But I suppose for them, like, it's always, like, with the Leinster Championship, it's always going to be tough. So I suppose the league is always going to be there. 
their main priority and obviously avoiding relegation now. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, it's probably the league campaign, and they've had great success in leagues over the years, and they've won various league titles. But it's probably like, look, a game. I tell you what, though, a game like that against Mayo on Saturday will do their confidence the world of good because they're probably they're probably thinking to themselves, right? We can put up to the big boys. We're building something here. The likes of Jerry Egan, uh, John Heston, absolutely fine for Westmead at the minute. So it's brilliant from their point of view. Um, we played them last year in Division 2 and they're a very solid team. Westmead always a big lad. So, you know, it'd be great to see if the crew kind of come up a few levels and, uh, you know, compete compete in the league and, you know, have a good enough journey, I suppose, in Leinster. I know, I know how tough it can be, but just to kind of consolidate that, you know, build, build and likes and just really kind of just, uh, I suppose, wrap John Heston and Jerry and the boys up a cut wall and just kind of, utilize them players because they've been massive over the years and uh, it'd, it'd be it'd be great it'd be great just to kind of have another team to kind of challenge the likes of Mayo and the likes of potentially Dublin in the future but yeah a great game for them on Saturday and they can take take great belief from it and I suppose Mead they, they beat down 215 to 14 points um, I suppose Killian O'Sullivan like his second goal I don't know if you've seen on the Sunday game like quality stuff he just completely ran around the keeper put it in the back of the net it was a brilliant finish but I suppose for Mead in the end, like in the West Mead game, I thought they were a little bit sluggish at times, but I suppose still a lot, a lot of work to, to do, but I suppose at least they've sealed that promotion playoff place now anyways. Yeah, fair play to Mead. Fair play to Mead. And like, that was obviously going to be a tight game against Down, and a lot of people thought it was going to be tight and turned out to be. Mead have always, and I, I've, I'll always say this, have always had talent sports like likes of, well, from years gone by, likes of the words and uh, Joe Sheridan and great players. So, Mead, as I've always said, it very, very proud of on the county. Good win at the weekend, and uh, as you said, they're in Division One last year. Probably just didn't get much joy results, and probably went straight down again. And it just does make you think: Are the Division One team can they believe in themselves? Can they consolidate Division One football? Can they get up to the high powers that is, you know, Leinster Championship? Can they compete against the Dubs? Is something we're all kind of crying out for from a Mead football team and. It'd, it'd be great to see there were a lot of young lads involved as well and they're flying for them so there's no excuses for me just really now the time probably is now for them to make that step up and uh, hopefully uh, give uh, the noisy neighbours a bit of a rattle yeah yeah well I'm sure they'd love that anyways <laughs> but I'm not too sure about myself but I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll see what happens I suppose for for down I mean uh, like obviously, you know, they received a lot of criticism from uh, Colm O'Rourke on the Sunday game. He was kind of laying into them a bit like and I, I didn't watch the game. So I can't really, you know, speak too much about them. But I suppose it's disappointment from them, like two defeats. And they haven't they never really ever look like threatening, I suppose, like at least for Westmead, they showed a lot of positive signs. But for down, it's it's not looking too, uh, too good at the moment, which is. Which is quite mad because like they ran us so close in the Ulster semi final last year, and you just got to think, you know, where is that? Where is that performance gone from last year? Why can't they repeat that? And down, it's like anything else, probably similar for me. They always had very exciting attacking players, but it's uh, down can be a very football, funny football in county, like the likes of even like a lot of players pulled away over the years for for mad reasons. The likes of Benny Coulter, Mark Poland, and Conor Lafferty, a lot of them boys just stepped away. And, I don't down never really got reasons for them. I think obviously maybe the, the recent end of the row, but just a similar. They were always a great team back in the nineties, and it's it, it's hard to know when they will ever get back to them heights. Like I was talking to Danny Hughes a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying there's probably not enough being done in the likes of the schools, the underage teams, and 
which is kind of mad to believe because Darren is a terrific footballer county, have always had great, great players and uh, it's looking like Division 3 football next year, Aaron. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely swinging towards anyway at the moment, and I suppose Division Three North. Um, I suppose we'll we'll start with your own county, Cavan. Obviously, a six point win over Longford, one nineteen to one thirteen. I didn't watch the game myself now, so I didn't see anything from it. But what was uh, what was your opinion on the game in the end? I suppose you you got the victory. Yeah, it's off air, especially after last week. Just absolute relief, just relief. Um, and it could have, look, it could have been a banana skin because you know Longford maybe kind of have caused us a bit of trouble over the years. But a great win, very positive. Um, you know, I think as I was saying last week, um, Paddy Lynch, I think he he basically, I think he did he get a black hair. He, I think he got nearly all the full game. He was very very good. Um, Ray Gallagher kicked some great points along the sideline. Grove McCarran got a great goal. We just we played to our powers like and for for some parts of that game, I think we we we'd phases, we played in good kind of phases. We kinda um for some parts like we we had really good five to ten minutes where we could score about four or five points and then maybe they kinda let Longford back into the game as well. And like Longford to the credit had some really good forwards on show, Ray and Brady, um Robbie Smith inside, Mickey Quinn. We all know what Mickey Quinn. So, you know, Longford causes a lot of bother inside and probably something for us to work on as well and ask a lot of questions but just pure another relief for Mickey and the lads like especially you know that Fermanagh game obviously a lot of hurt from that so it was just great to get over the line against them and um, big game obviously this weekend but yeah overall happy enough high scoring game again another great advertisement for Gaelic football the league's absolutely flying at the minute and uh, Mickey would just be happy with his lot probably conceding that amount but uh, in fairness, as I was saying, Longford had a lot of tasty forwards, caused us a lot of um, caused us a lot of bother. So uh, fair play to Longford, given uh, the breathy many good game on Saturday. Yeah, hundred percent. Like they definitely must have like put up a good fight, all right. And I suppose, I suppose from a Longford point of view, like it's it's going to be hard for them to to I suppose see how they avoid relegation at this point. Like obviously, from Man, I already have two points. And I suppose they'd be the favourites, I suppose, going into that game. But we'll get we'll get on to Fermanagh in the moment. But I suppose for Longford, it's, you know, they were so close to potentially getting to Division 2 last year. And now it looks like they could very well find themselves in, in Division 4. Yeah, like it's just it's just this league football is a funny thing. But it's just like, it's, it's mad because they actually, as I said, there's some very, very good pacey forwards. Like Ream Brady, um, hopefully we'll hear more about him in the future. Very smart player. Robbie Smith, we know all about him. The Abbey Lara man, great inside man. And of course, we know with Mickey Quinn. So there is talent there. There is absolutely talent there. It's just probably, it probably was all about consolid, consolidating Division 3. As you say, it's probably looking like relegation potentially at this stage. And probably disappointment because, you know, Mickey Quinn, they're all proud, proud, proud footballing men down there and they'll, you know, to go down would probably be great disappointment for them because you know there's a lot of tasty players and you just kind of wonder is you know if there was maybe more Mullinock the lads in. I don't think there is um at the minute for some reason, but uh a lot to build on. There is a big um a big thing to build on there and uh it'd be interesting to see can Longford kind of push on maybe and maybe maybe get a win in Leinster and you know kind of push on because it's definitely very exciting game on Saturday. Asked us a lot of questions and uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what way they end up. Yeah, and I suppose for Derry, I mean, what a huge win that was, 5-13 to, to nine points. I mean, a phenomenal victory for, for Derry, like with Shane McGuigan scoring 2-5. I was watching back some of the game there earlier today. I mean, they're they're a phenomenal team altogether, like especially with Connor Glass coming in. I mean, what a what a way to start. 
Class, absolutely class. And um, yeah, like it, it's a massive, massive game for ourselves and them this weekend. And it just it blew it away because like, I, to be honest, I was so focused probably on the Cavs game and I looked at the result and I could not believe my eyes, especially for Manu's performance last week. I honestly could not believe my eyes. But uh, it was it was brilliant and fair fair play to Derry in fairness they're, they're gaining momentum it's it's a worrying thing probably coming into this weekend but uh, just that Fermanagh performance staggers belief because maybe it, it probably sums up where Fermanagh football has been at over the years beat a big gun and then maybe just go out and not perform the next day and just you know shoot a low score as you said I probably I didn't really I haven't really seen much highlights of the game so I can't comment a whole pile on it but maybe Sean Quigley I think he must have been quiet. Shane Wigan shot the lights out again. Current class is massive. So Rory Gallagher seems like he's uh, building something up there and uh, he was probably happy enough to see put one over his former charges. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like to be fair to Sean Quigley, he did hit seven points. So he actually he did actually have an impressive yeah, game, to yeah. be fair to him. But uh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm not too sure what happened with Fermano, all right? Because even when you look at some of their... Um, league performances last year and even though they, they lost every game they were still always very competitive there was still always a couple of points in it definitely it was a strange one the way they kind of just started chipping in a lot, a lot of those goals in particular in the second half um, so definitely I suppose a, a lot for for, for, for Mana to work on going into the, the Longford game yeah, tongue twister, tongue twister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like it's so funny because I literally, I think I was saying to my mate, like I just looked at my phone and I could not believe the amount of goals I conceded because, like, a, like a Ryan McMenamin team, one of the best defenders to play the game, and it just leaked that amount of goals. He'll not be happy this week. They have a lot to work on. But again, again, I, I didn't see many stats of the game. Sean quickly shooting lights out again, but obviously being on the wrong side of the result. But Derry looked like they want goals this year. Derry looked like they want to play an attacking brand of football. They're the right lads to do it. And uh, it's a mouth-watering game this weekend against themselves. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose you've Offaly and Limerick then, obviously in uh, Division 3 South, moving on to some of them games. I suppose a, a two-point win for, for Offaly over Limerick in the end. I was kind of watching it in the, in the background on Saturday. But I suppose huge step for Offaly. Like they're, they're very much set now for a promotion playoff after that win. Yeah, fair play to them, fair play to them. Like, I think I've seen a picture of Niall McMee still shooting lights out for the mighty Offaly men. And God, he, he just seems like he's a timeless, timeless player. He's an absolute credit to himself, keeping on going. And, you know, he's had his kind of things in the past and he's, he's shooting lights out, fair play to him. And John Mohan, he's doing a superb job up there. We know all about him. He's a, he's a legend of the game. And Offaly, they're in good stead at the minute, hurling and football. And uh, Shane Lowry's coming in to back them as well. So, Offaly are definitely a team to keep an eye on. They've always good players and that, the likes of Anton Sullivan, Niall McNamee and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they could maybe, maybe go up the division. It'll be very, very interesting. Limer point of view, they'll be disappointed with that result. Maybe they want to have a bit of a run in Munster this year and it's a poor result for them. Um, I know they're a good win against Tipperary last week, but it's all to play for in uh, Division 3, Aaron, and it's going to be a very, very exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, it's definitely all to play for, all right, because obviously Tipperary got there first win in the season as well. It was definitely probably all closer than people thought, like um, only a three-point margin in the end. It was 2-12 to 1-12 over Wicklow. Wicklow definitely showed a lot of spirit and a lot of fight in that game, but I suppose for Tipperary getting their, their first win of the season, like much needed for, for Tipperary. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And even kind of build on last year as well, and they'll be hurt from last weekend against Limerick. So they needed to get a win like ourselves and we both got the win. So a great win for them. Um, obviously, we, we know the quality of Connor Sweeney and Mickey Quinlevin probably 
on their day, probably the most exciting sports in the country. So they'll be leading the line this year. And I think Connor Sweeney had a great game at the weekend and he's back fully, fully fit and ready to go. So a great, a good win for them. Just get that bit of confidence, get the monkey up the back and just that elusive first win. And like, like I don't know what, just it's just such relief to get the first win even from a point of view because it just it gets the monkey up the back. You feel like you're ready to go for the year. And uh, yeah, just a good solid win for them. Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose we'll we'll run through Division Four North. Obviously, there was a there was a win for Antrim over Sligo, and obviously Loud beat Leitrim. Um, I suppose for for Antrim, and obviously your your good friend Kevin McGurthy, I suppose will be very happy after after that victory because it was like I actually watched the game and it looked like a, at different points that Sligo were going to potentially win that game. Like they had a, a lead going in towards the end, but in the end, Antrim and Enda McGinley, I suppose, just showing that bit of class and experience to, to get over the line. And Paddy Cunningham as well, like that point at the end was next level stuff. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And I think someone said it was similar to that Kieran McDonald point against Dublin mm. in the All-Ireland semi in 2006. Absolutely terrific. As I said, old dog for the hard road. Paddy's had his uh, struggles with uh, illness in the last while and it's great to see him uh, fighting fit. Wearing the Adidas Mania is just a wee tribute to them as well. <laughs> yeah. What a boot. But um, no, fair play to him. Absolutely terrific. Antrim look like they're on the rise. Good win against Clare in the Hurland. Two wins in a row. Fair play to them. Um, they look like they're seriously building. And again, another great game of football. So high scoring. Went down to the last minute. Paddy Cunningham's bit of class at the end. And just really exciting. So if that's Division 4 football, the standard's high. The quality's high. And uh, yeah, great win for the Antrim Bucklers. And uh, as you said, my... Uh, controversial friend Kevin will be happy with the win yeah 100% yeah and, and I suppose for Loud obviously a, a win over Leitrim first win of the of the season and first win as, as a Loud manager for, for Mickey Hart much needed for, for Loud yeah definitely definitely and even for Mickey, Mickey and uh, Horst Devlin to uh, get that first win and yeah Mickey will be del- delighted with it and I suppose it's a very interesting po- project up there I suppose it raised a lot of eyebrows when he did get the job and it will be interesting to see yeah uh, what he does with them, um, and obviously you know a, a great win gets the monkey off the back for Mickey and the loud lads. They've been working probably hard, very hard the last couple of weeks, and uh, Mickey will be delighted. Um, and he'll, you know he'll move forward to this week, you know, and yeah, it will be a very interesting project to see what he will with, do with them um, for the next couple of years ahead. Because I'm presuming it's 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 a long term project with him. It's not a year or two thing, and uh, yeah, great to get the uh, first win from. Yeah, hundred percent. And I suppose you had, you had Waterford and Wexford. I didn't see any of the game, but I suppose I mean that's that was a surprising one because you know you think back to Wexford football teams down the years, like ten years ago in a Leinster final. I know they've drifted quite a bit, but I suppose massive credit to Waterford winning that two thirteen to eighteen points. Yeah, like it, it's absolutely staggering to believe that really, Aaron. Because like, and look, I was talking to PJ Bandon there a couple of weeks ago, and like, geez, he was a quality player for Wexford, and it's just a shocking result for them. Let's not sugarcoat this. Wexford football years ago were a very high standard. Matty Ford, the likes of PJ Vanville, Kieran Ling, some of the best forwards we've seen, and it's just not being done at grassroots level. And PJ alluded to that in the podcast before. A shocking result, very very bad. Um, you know Wexford football we're talking about here. Some of the some of the best forwards like it's just it sets them back so much. Division four football in the peak of their powers, Wexford were a Division one, Division two team back in the day. Mm. Division four, it's not where they want to be. I know Paul Galvin came out and criticised Davy Fitzgerald there last week, but look, if Paul Galvin had a bit of metal about him and wanted to make an impression, he would have stayed longer. 
he hit the road and just got out of there. So I don't think Galvin is really in the right position to be commented on it because he didn't hang around for the bad times and he's probably just has the feet up sitting looking at his bloody mercs and his, his private jets and all now, whereas he could be doing a bit of work with the uh, Wexford lads. So uh, he doesn't have much of a place to be commented on, unfortunately, Aaron, from my point of view anyway, but just a bad result sets the Wexford footballers in the footballers in the bad stead again. And uh, yeah, just just very bad. But again, fair play to Waterford, great win for them. Not one to be not one that we all expected. And uh, yeah, great to get the uh, win for them. Yeah, 100%. Like, is it definitely because obviously the way that division is, there's only three teams, obviously, because London aren't there. So, Waterford have played all their league games now. So, it just depends on how the, the Wexford Carlo game goes. But I suppose for Waterford, like, that leaves them in a fantastic position to, to potentially, you know, go into a promotion playoff. And I suppose that's the nature of the, of the National League this year is that. You know, I suppose you're you're potentially one win away just from uh, from from getting promoted to Division Three. Like we wouldn't we wouldn't have been expecting that after the the Carlo game last weekend, anyways. No, definitely not, definitely not. And like to be <laughs> to be fair, like I was only thinking there, it'd be great to see a couple of new teams go up and just kind of maybe mm. make a bit of a stamp of up because it's probably just got to that bit boring in terms of all just standard teams winning the likes of Waterford. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, and just be, it'd be great to see, and even like Carlo maybe making a bit of a rise, and you know, Carlo rising, but and even like with the Antrim lads getting two wins in a row, like that's that'll do them fantastic, fantastic confidence. And like, even look, I did like even regarding Antrim there, like Enda McGinley and Stevie O'Neill, probably two of the best players in Ulster back in the day, like they've so much to kind of teach the Antrim lads, and it's great to see down there too. So Division four, couple of teams on the rise. You have some of the Mickey Hart managing the team, and them Ginley, you have some serious, serious pedigree in Division four. So uh, hopefully, a couple of uh, new teams can kind of um, come from it. But I, I kind of be interested if you can hear your perspective. I know maybe you're going to touch on it, but the Wexford Fupplers, uh, Aaron, it's it's a sad set of affairs. Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely. Like I haven't seen them play enough in, in, in the past while and I'll hopefully maybe get a chance to, because I have a GA go past there, so maybe I'll have a chance to to go back and, and have a look at the Waterford-Wexford game. But yeah, it's definitely sad, all right, because I remember being at the 2011 Leinster <laughs> final, like when they, um, when they, of course, got beaten by Dublin and they actually should have beaten Dublin that day. Like they'd have a number of chances and, you know, Ben Brosnan for me, like on that day was sublime and he's been probably one of my favourite footballers actually over the the past yeah. 10 years or so so and you think of Matty Ford as well so I don't know what's going on with, with Wexford at the moment like they've just really you know it, it seems like I know sometimes it's a cliche where we say like counties have hit rock bottom but for Wexford I just don't think it can get much worse than this and like Waterford and Wexford do share a bit of a, a rivalry down the years and hurling like they're their neighbours and all the rest so I know for the Waterford folk that do follow football it'd be huge for them but for Wexford, like it's just um, it's it's bleak times at the moment, unfortunately. I oh, know, hundred percent, it is like, and that, that's like I was always saying to PJ Bandle a couple of weeks ago. Like he, there's not work like I know hurling is the massive thing up in Wexford, and always will be. But you know, if Wexford want to be competing, be competing at the top table again, there needs to be work done at the grassroots levels within mm. the school. Because I think I asked PJ as well, um, you know, we ever asked him to the coach, whatever, and no one gives ever approach, no nothing at all, and the likes of. Like I think Matty Ford was even strong with his criticism of the Wexford football uh, current state of affairs. And I think Paul Galvin had Matty in. I think uh, Matty had to leave due to work commitment. So just a lot of chopping and change going on, going up, going on up there. Wexford were always a good team to watch over the years. And it's just looking very, very bleak at the minute. And uh, you would wonder, 
first I know Paul Galvin did have his kind of comments, but you know, Davy Fitz, is it just a bit domineering up there? Is it just so hurling orientated? Are the football footballers mm. just given a raw deal? It's just very disappointing to see because at the end of the day, you don't want to see a pro football in county like Rex uh, Rotto Aaron, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and they definitely have always had like a, a strong hurling background, but definitely in football they have as well. Like, you know, when you think back to the two thousands and and everything yeah. else, like, and obviously they they made an All Ireland semi final at one point as well. So it's hard to know like what the the fix will be for them. Like, maybe even a situation like I know they turn to Paul Galvin, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe that's what Wexford need to do is is definitely bleed in a lot more of the some of the older guard like your Manny Fords or your PJ Banvilles and, and maybe even do a Kildare or, or something like that where they go and they get like another experienced manager and bring him in just to just to steady the ship for one or two seasons because you know when you look at players like Ben Brosnan in their team like they definitely have the potential to to, to get up to division three and look they could easily be Carlo it's not you know inconceivable but it's definitely it's definitely going to be tough for them at the moment oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. like and it's just it's just disappointing because as you said 2011 Leicester final 2008, I think they got to like was the All Ireland semi final against Throne. So, like that's that's where Wexford football should be at. Like, and it's just so hard to know what is actually going on up there. Like, I know I've got thoughts and opinions from like various former players, and no better men to ask probably. But it's just it's a very bleak and uh, yeah, as you said, to get maybe the fourth likes of Kieran Ning or some of the boys kind of back in and just kind of get that bit of confidence in again and. I don't know, even try approach Manny Ford again because like no better man to probably learn mm. from. The lads love to see him about the place. Um, just get him in as a coach. Try like I know his, his job work and all can be busy, but just to try and get a voice from him because he's probably Wexford's best ever player, just to get him around the place and coach and Ford's coach, anything at all, Aaron, because uh, you know, you, you just wouldn't like to see them slip away, as I said, you know. 100% yeah like we'll, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on it anyways but yeah look listen John anyway cheers for cheers for coming on I'll link down your your podcast down below I tend to listen you know to, to the different reviews and previews so I definitely recommend anyone t- listening to this to, to go and check it out so yeah look listen cheers John for for coming on cheers Aaron a lot more positive this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely Ho- hopefully the dubs can can get back to, to winning ways and, and end the the streak of not winning you know the one game streak <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was talking about. <laughs>